Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 87 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and we welcome to the show for the very first time a two-time All-Star of the Kansas City Royals, the hat backwards guy today, Whit Merrifield. <laughs> How you doing, dude? I'm great. Hope you're doing all right. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. Uh, where, first of all, where are you joining us during the offseason? I don't even know where you live. I live in North Carolina. Yeah, born and raised here. Uh, married my high school sweetheart, and um, it's been a it's been a good spot for me. My my uh, my dad works for Wake Forest University, and I've um, I've always had a key over there to go and get all my my hitting and whatnot done over there. So it's been good. You know, I looked at uh, at Wake Forest as a college. People don't know that is a tiny, tiny school. It's like less than 4,000 students, right? It's a very small school. My mom, my dad, my brother, my sister all went there and um, love Wake Forest. Went to South Carolina, but I, I, I still, I, I love Wake Forest. And um, it's been, Wake is a, it has been a, a tough school to, to root for uh, throughout the years, but uh, we've had some good years and, and um, football teams coming off a, ACC championship game and basketball teams playing really well. So it's, it's, it's a fun time right now to be a Deke. You know, interestingly, I think um, when I worked at Fox, the, there were a couple of years I did the college uh, football playoffs. And if mm. I remember correctly, Wake Forest was in one of those big bowls. I forget if they were in an orange bowl or it was something yeah. that I covered big. Orange bowl it? in 06. Yeah, yeah that's what 06 it was. Orange bowl. I was there. Yeah. I was there. Okay. So what you were just, a little, what were you at? like a junior in high school or something? Yeah, yeah. I was 07 graduate, so yeah, I was a junior in high school. And that was, uh, yeah, we, ne we never thought we'd uh, have a chance to go to another another Orange Bowl, so we uh, hopped in the car, drove down to Miami, and it was a great time. Unfortunately, we lost to Louisville, but uh, we had a great time. Yeah, no, I remember that well. Um, so, yeah, I was sniffing around your social media a little bit and saw you had posted a picture of, of Tim Duncan, so now it's all making sense. Yeah. What do you remember of that day when you uh, you grabbed the photo with the future Hall of Famer? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I remember I remember Timmy a little bit. Uh, I was that was kind of right into the age and where I really started getting into sports. Uh, you know, kind of everything was sports, and so I remember a little bit of, of Tim Duncan, Randolph Childress, Rodney Rogers. Uh, they were. I remember them being that good, uh, and then. As I got older, I actually uh, got the ball boy. Uh, Wake had some good years. And, you know, we had Chris Paul and uh, guys like Josh Howard and um, just a bunch of really, really good teams. And I got the ball boy, and still that's one of the most fun uh, winners of my life was ball boy out there and, and uh, you know, catching balls for, for guys at warm-ups and passing it to them and, and just kind of hearing what high-level sports sounded like back then. I remember hearing Coach K – um swearing drop, dropping the f-bomb and that was you know playing sports you don't hear cussing when you're 11 12 years old and so i'm here at coach k you know dropping f-bombs at the at the official and yelling at his players and i'm like oh man this is this is what high level sports is like huh this is, this is different so that was my first little taste of it so you and i have something in common because i was a ball boy for three seasons for the cleveland browns growing up oh wow but that was fun oh and this is this is when they were in their sweet spot too. This is in the late '80s. 
they made the they won the division five five years in the 80s when I was growing up I was a lifelong Browns fan I still remember this day what it was like the first time I ever walked into the, the Cleveland Browns locker room there's Bernie Kosar's nameplate and Ozzie Newsome and yeah. Clay Matthews and it I mean it you know I was uh in between my junior and senior year in high school and I was still stars struck I can only imagine what it was like for you no doubt no doubt I mean when you grow up in and and you're a, a big sports fan like we are and then you you cheer for a team and then you get to get close to that team and you get to see it live and see it in person it gives you a different perspective of 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 what you're looking at and and how how hard these athletes work and how good they really are and how fast the game moves i know the first time i got to go down on a, on a field um i got to see a wake forest football game on the sideline in high school and just seeing actually how fast and how hard those guys were moving and hitting each other it was it was just eye opening and i think i think it wasn't uh, long after i went to my my dad and i was like hey dad i don't know if football is going to be in the cars for me moving forward so that was uh, <laughs> that was probably the hardest conversation i've ever had cuz my dad is he love he's a huge football guy high school football was that was his thing and uh, having to tell him i don't know if it's for me was uh, one of the toughest conversations i've had all right i got to be honest no idea when the baseball season is going to start, but when it's time for you to step up to the plate, you want to be able to deliver the lumber, take care of business. But did you know that more than half the men ages 40 to 70 deal with some form of erectile dysfunction? It's nothing to be embarrassed about, but it's something you want to take care of because you want to be able to step up to the plate. That's where our friends over at GetRoman.com slash John Boy can help you save money and take care of business by speaking to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional. They're going to figure out a treatment plan. If medication is needed, they get to send it to your home. Just takes a couple of days. It's that simple. Doesn't mean you have to step into a doctor's office and get all embarrassed. Doesn't mean you have to step in line at the pharmacy. Who's next? Who needs their ED medicine? No, that's not it. You pick up the phone. You take care of business from the comforts of your own home. Once again, it is GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy. Get 15 bucks off your first month of treatment. You'll speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional. They'll figure out a plan that is right for you. And believe me, you'll be able to take care of business that someone special in your life will thank you for it. Well, for people that don't know, uh, your dad played a half dozen seasons in the minors. Your mm -hmm. mom was an outstanding tennis player in college as well. Mm -hmm. um, now, Pops, I, you have to clear this up for me. Did he get called up to the Pirates and never played a game? Is that what happened? Yeah, basically. Basically, he was um, – so he was a shortstop in college. He's a big dude. He's 6'4". Uh, he was 220 when he was playing. And when he got drafted, they moved him to third. And long story short, he came up with the Angels – was behind Doug DeSensei for years and um, never, never had a chance there and got traded to Pittsburgh and um, September came around and he got called up to play first. And um, my mom, so they were in Edmonton, Canada was their triple A team. Oh. And so my mom, they were married and my mom was in Edmonton and my dad, they were, I can't remember where they were, but they were on the road in triple A. They weren't in Edmonton. And so he called her via payphone, no cell phones back then, and said, hey, I got called up. Hop in the car and drive to the States. So she's driving to, the, she's driving to um, Pittsburgh. I believe they're in Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, he gets to the park. 
Um, doesn't have any first base gear. So he's going up to the guy who he's supposed to be taking his job from, barring his glove and barring, you know, he, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I don't even think he had bats or cleats or anything. So he's barring everything. Um, and he's hitting six that day and they do BP. He, uh, he, he goes and hits in front of Jim Leland, who, you know, he just got traded. So Jim's never seen him play before. So he's taking batting practice city hit for about 15 minutes, which, which kind of wore him out. Um, it came back in and, uh, it ended up raining that night. And so the game got rained out. Leland called him in after the game was uh, canceled and said, Hey, once you go to Florida, work on first base a little bit. And, um, you know, we'll call you back up when, when we think you're ready. So he goes down there and, I think it was like two or three days in, he fouls the ball off his foot, breaks his foot, his season's over. So uh, that was the end of, of that year. And then the next year, I believe he went, he started the season on the Phantom in AAA. And my dad's not a very patient man and a pretty stubborn man. And um, that was kind of a slap in the face for him. And, and that was, I had just been born um, the January before. And so he said, you know what? It's not in the cards for me. I don't really enjoy doing this. So I'm going to start a family. And so he was, he's a, he was a big leaguer without ever officially being a big leaguer. Do you think that has crushed his soul a little bit? I don't think so. I, I really don't. And uh, just knowing him, he, he really, he did it because he was good at it. Um he didn't, he didn't really enjoy playing. He loves baseball. He still to this day loves baseball. I mean, he's, he's been sitting around watching old uh, replays on MLB network of just random games and world series and whatnot. So he loves baseball, but he, uh, it was, it was time for him to start a family and, and that's what he wanted to do. That was more important to him. So he, uh, that's what he did. But do you think that the fact that you, eventually made it to the major leagues kind of allowed him to vicariously live through you. Yeah, I, I do. I think that was, that's a big part uh, for him. I think that was, that was huge. And, and he'll, you know, he'll say that it wouldn't have mattered if I made it or not. And he's he just, he's always enjoyed me playing, but um, getting able, being able to bounce around and watch me play at the highest level, I think has been, has been a uh, something that's, extremely special to him and it's special to me too, to be able to share that with him. I mean, how rewarding for you? I can only, I mean, listen, I never made it to the show, but I've been fortunate enough to, to broadcast baseball games, which is something I always wanted to do. And I, one of my proudest moments is taking my dad on a trip where I broadcast the Tigers White Sox game on Fox. And he sat in the next booth over and had the headsets on and like, it, it might make me tear up right now looking at him in between innings or in between pitches and to see the smile on his face to know how proud he was of me and the fact that he got to share that experience. I imagine you kind of go through some of the same feelings with your dad. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's, 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 there's always those, those moments that get trickled in. Um, but then there's also the moments where, you know, he's always been my coach. And so when things aren't going too well, you know, and he's watching, I'll look up and he'll, he's got a distinct whistle. I always know when he's whistling at me. And so he'll whistle and I'll be on deck or something. I'll look up and he'll be like, Hey, stay in your legs or keep your head down or something like that. And I'm like, Hey, 
I got it. All right. Relax. It worked in college, but you know, you never been, you never played this level before. This is, this is my thing. So that we, we have that, we have a, we have a little fun relationship when, when it comes to that, but it's uh yeah, I mean, there's, there's always those special moments. We, we've done it. We've done an awesome thing with Kansas city up until uh, 2020, obviously, but we used to have a father's trip every year where the dads used to uh, be able to come on the plane with us and, and you go take BP and, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Cause that's the things that, that he remembers as a player uh, were the most special was, was the plane rides and the bus rides and the locker room and, and having dads get to experience that with us is that's, uh, those are some of the best memories that we've had. Yeah. I know Steven Brault, who's one of the co-hosts here on the Rose rotation has talked about that, how his dad loved coming to Pittsburgh and rolling on whatever trip they would. He, said mm-hmm. it's just the most memorable stuff that he could ever think of uh there had to be some teammates dad who was like who was totally swagged out and was like yeah this is, this is it i'm making it to the show. <laughs> yeah there's there's always um one or two guys that that get hyped up for the bp and and kind of relive their their uh their glory days and Dad, dad, dad was more into it than I thought he'd be. He, he enjoyed it, put on a pretty good show. But there's, uh, there's some guys that go out there, and, um, probably shouldn't be out there, but they, they have having a great time, and it's, it's, it's always fun to go out there and, and see those guys try to be athletes again. So you have a very successful uh, college career. You hit the walk off for South Carolina to win it all in, in the 2010 World Series. You closed down Rosenblatt Stadium. Uh, for those of you that are joining us audio only, we're showing that great clip of you with the walk off against UCLA. Um, then it took you a while to get to the show. You didn't get there till you were 27, right? Yeah. Yeah. 27 was, I think that's right. Yeah. Well, was there ever a time during your, your minor league stint where you were like, man, this, this might not happen. Yeah. So I, I shared that story with about my dad earlier, and you know I, I kind of went through a similar thing in, in 2015. Um, it was it was different for me because I, I wasn't. There's there's a lot I, I could I could get into, but to long story short, you know I wasn't really a high level prospect. I was a ninth rounder, um, and just sort of always did enough to kind of keep moving along. And, and continue to, to have some playing time. And then in 2014, I finally got a chance to play in AAA uh, and, and took off and, and had, a, had a really, really good 2014 and kind of put myself on the map. And then in 15, the um, World Series year when they won. Another thing about what was unfortunate for, for myself was when I got to the point where I was you know, knocking at the door, we were going to back-to-back world series. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really a lot of opportunity for, especially a guy that wasn't on the 40 man roster. So I just, I kind of knew I had to wait my time. Uh, but in 15, I'm, we're playing in June and uh, I scored and uh, we're about to take the field in triple H like the third inning. And our manager says, hold on. Uh, we, the KC call and they want you out of the game. And when you hear that in AAA, you pretty much know what that means when you're not hurt. I said, okay, uh, what's going on? They said, Alex Gordon just got uh, carted off the field. He ran into the wall and he ended up uh, popping his, his groin or hip flexor. I can't remember what exactly what it was, mm-hmm. but so for six innings, I'm sitting in the dugout thinking that I'm going to the show. 
and uh, my family has heard this and they've gotten in the car because the next day it's a night game for me in AAA and the next day uh, Kansas City's got a home game so they're driving to KC and game gets over I go in I start packing up um, giving everybody everybody's giving me a hug grab my bag walk to the car and our manager as I'm walking out the door comes and yells at me goes hey come back in here for a sec and uh, tells me that the organization decided they were going to go uh, with an extra reliever instead of fill in the position player spot. So that was pretty heartbreaking. Um, but as heartbreaking as it was, I still thought to myself, you know, I'm on their radar. I'm, I'm the first guy that they thought of. And so when September comes and the rosters expand, they'll give me a call. September came, rosters expanded, no call. And uh, obviously KC went on to win the World Series. And uh, I talked to my dad for a long time that winter and uh, said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know, that was, I don't, this was as close as I feel like I've come. If, if they're not going to call me up now, I mean, I'm just getting older. So I don't know if this is in the cards for me. And uh, he said he understood, he went through it, but he's just, the thing that he said that stuck with me the most was once you take your cleats off, that's it. You can't put them back on. So I took that to heart and ended up, uh, you know, going out and giving it another shot and got called up at 16. You didn't break camp with the team, though. Didn't break camp with the team. At 15 and 16, I was the last cut out of camp. Oh. And then didn't make didn't make the team in 17 either. Hit almost 300 as a rookie. Didn't make the team in 17. Was down for, uh, I think, 12 days. So it was <laughs> – we had some – we had some uh, – well, There's a lot of anger in those yeah. years. Okay, so you have that anger. Who do you talk to? Do you is there was there a teammate that you had to vent to? Was it like one of the scenes in Bull Durham where guys are tearing up the office? What what happened? It's hard because I I don't want to be in AAA venting to my teammate that has never been to the big leagues about how why I'm not in the big leagues. You know that that's just doesn't come off great. And then I don't want to be the rookie that's calling Gordo or Haas or, or Moose or somebody being like, why am I not in the big leagues? And you know, I should be in the big leagues. This guy shouldn't be up there. And that's just, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird dynamic. Um, and so it was just my dad. My dad was, was my guy. And it's uh, that, 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 Going back to the dynamic part, I really think people ask why I didn't play very well in the minor leagues and got to the big leagues, and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm playing well. The minor leagues is, was hard for me. Uh, I, I'm not naturally gifted enough to just show up and just kind of play for myself and play for stats and try to move up the ladder. I, I have to be playing for something. And so when I got to the big leagues, the shift finally went back to playing to win baseball games, and the, and the focus was – to win games. Uh, so I, that was, that was what I loved about, or lo still loved about being in the big leagues and what I missed when I got kept, kept, kept getting sent down. And it was, it just kept really just grinding at me. So I was like, I, this is uh this, this isn't it. And I spent my time down there and I was ready to get out of there. Do you think that's why your name gets put into trade talks so often because people see you as a piece to the puzzle? instead of the guy? 
I don't know. I don't know. I really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that teams see value in me and, and, uh, you know, potentially want me. Uh, so I've, I've had that trade talk around my name for a while. I mean, I feel like I can do a lot of different things. I can, um, you know, I'm athletic, I'm durable. I can play multiple positions. Um, get me out of Kaufman. I can hit for a little bit of power and, uh, you know, I'm pretty fast. So I, I feel like there's value in, in my game and um, I'm happy that my name has you know, been thrown around these last couple of years, but I'm happy I'm in Kansas city. Does it bother you that you're mentioning trade talk or, I mean, you said it's flattering, but your world can get, to, I've talked to enough guys that have been traded where, yeah. you know, we just see it as, Oh God. Yeah. We just made a transaction for you. It's like your world gets turned upside down. So, right. Uh I would I would say the first couple of years that I kind of went through the the trade rumors it, it it probably bothered me a little more than the last couple of years uh, just because I probably dug into it a little more than I should have um, mm-hmm. but I never been through anything like that I didn't know how it was how it worked so um, I get a text from so and so that said they saw on MLB Network that the Red Sox are gonna trade me and they they put on this. Uh, uh, I, I remember one time I got a, I got a call from my friend late at night and he said, I had been traded to San Diego for, I, it was like four, it was like me and Tim Hill for like four prospects. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I just saw it. It was you two. And I was like, all right. And so I, I, uh, I called my agent and he said, no, that was one of those, uh, you know, they go on and they give a, a hypothetical trade. Right. A proposed and my, trade. My, my, yeah, my buddy thought it was a real thing. And so, you know, stuff like that starts happening. And early in your career, you, you kind of take value in it. And then later on, I, I've realized there's a lot that goes out there. And um, the older I've gotten, the longer I've been with KC, the closer myself and, and Dayton have gotten. And um, Dayton's, Dayton's just the best. And, and he's honest and he's straightforward. And I can I know I can trust what he's telling me now over anything that I see on social media or hear from, you know, friends or whoever. So uh, Dayton's been the last couple of years. It's been really nice to have Dayton in my corner. Tell your good friend that that texted you about the you and Tim Hill trade. Yeah. Lay off the <laughs> sauce, man. Yeah, you know? no doubt. Jeez, Timmy oh, actually went to San Diego though, so he wasn't he all, did. He all wrong. <laughs> it, it ended up happening half of it at yeah. least. Um, well, that, that's great that you have that relationship with Dayton Moore. I've heard that from a lot of guys over the years. Uh, has he been in contact with you at all prior to the lockout where he said, hey, listen, when's the, you know, whenever this thing gets going, your name might be mentioned again? Yeah. Yeah, we've had, we've had some good conversations. Um, at the end of last year, you know, we talked about uh, just kind of where I, where I stood uh, with the organization and, and – um, you know, positionally, and uh, I've got, you know, really just one more year on my contract with an option here at the uh, at the tail end, so maybe two. Um, but it's um, Casey's been just an incredible place, and I've really enjoyed being there. Um, and we're about to be really good, and so I, you know, I'd like to stick around. The I've been through the bad; I want to see the good now. So we've uh, we've had some good discussions. Hey, I mean, you're turning thirty three next week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's time to win, whether it's there or somewhere else. I can't imagine knowing you the little bit that I do 
that you're like, oh, okay, good. We, we tried our hardest today. <laughs> I love playing baseball. I make a good living. Like, it's, I can't imagine that sits well with you. So if it means that you have to move on in order to get a shot at something that you missed out on in 2015, that as though, although it sounds like you would prefer to stay in Kansas City, it's important to get that shot, whether it's Kansas City or elsewhere. Am I reading that right? Yeah, yeah, you are. No question. And and I'd feel a little differently if, if I didn't, if I really didn't believe that we were going to be good and we were going to be good soon, um, which is also what I've come to has given me a little more peace around these trade talks is it's really, it's really a win-win situation. You know, if I get, if I end up getting traded, there's an above average chance it's going to be to a good team that's going to be in contention. So um, that's not, that's not the worst thing in the world. And it's something that, you know, I've, I've thought about, but um, again, I've, uh, I really, we've got a lot of good pieces coming in KC and, and I've seen the city that KC is and how, and how good of a sports town it is. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, firsthand when when we're playing well. DraftKings Sportsbook is officially live in New York State with mobile sports betting just in time for football playoffs. Right now, you can place a bet from anywhere in New York with DraftKings Sportsbook, including from the comfort of your couch. To add excitement, DraftKings is giving new customers a special offer that you don't want to miss. Just bet $5 on any playoff football game and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The wait is finally over. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all DraftKings great promotions and features, including same-game parlays. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code ROSE this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Must be 21 and over and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. You're talking about pieces, but for those of us that aren't privy to watching minor league ball very often, there is one piece in particular that we're all waiting for, and that is Bobby Witt Jr. Uh-huh. He's, uh, he's special. Yeah, he's special. He's, uh, um, you know, the, we, we, our first base coach, Rusty Coons legend and been around the game forever. Um, he said he's the closest thing to Griffey that he's ever seen when Griffey came up, just the, the all around skill set at such a young age, the demeanor, uh, the way he carries himself. Um, that, that's who he keeps comparing him to. And, uh, you know, I, I praise Bob, I praise Bobby a lot and, you know, we might have to turn it down a little bit. I think his head might be getting a little too big before he ever gets up here, uh, which is hard to do. He's, he's the most, he is the nicest, most humble down to earth, willing to work kid that I've really ever been around at that age. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in the big leagues. I think, I think he's going to live up, uh, if not exceed a lot of expectations. I mean, you just mentioned one of one in terms mm. of comparisons. That, that that's from Rusty. I'll say that's from Rusty. I never saw Griffin when when he was, or at least right. up close when he was going through that. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's who Rusty always always compares him to. So that's that's high praise. Pretty damn special. I think mm -hmm. we're all excited to see him. I know you hope yeah. to be 
in that same lineup when he's there. And it's interesting you bring up uh, the name of your first base coach because it's not the first time people have heard his name here on the Rose Rotation. Uh, I did a show with a couple of co-hosts, Tyler Glassnow and Stephen Brault recently, and um, we were talking about some interesting names. My dad's name was Norton Rose, Norton, N-O-R-T-O-N. And so mm. the guys kind of laughed at that because it was an old school name. My dad was born in 1928. And here's the conversation that followed. It's like, what's the baseball player? Like Rusty Cunts? Norton and Rusty hanging out. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like semi-sexual <laughs> names. His name, and we're uh, all talking about the first base coach for the Royals. His name is Rusty <laughs> Kuntz. Oh, I mean that it's not how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is Kunz, technically, if you're good at English, if you spell correctly. <laughs> Except that I have a Rusty Kuntz bobblehead, folks. That's cool. That's <laughs> awesome. And it, it is the best bobblehead ever because it's actual fur on the head. Oh, why was it right next to you? Like you had that queued up. Like, is that your favorite one? I would have that to be my favorite one too, to be honest. I would have Rusty Kuntz in my arm reach too if I could. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff <laughs> oh man yeah rest of the trees he's he's heard it all yes and he's, <laughs> he, he's uh he's great about it too yeah he, he has a fun time with it <laughs> oh. oh man do you have one of the rusty Kuntz bobbleheads in your locker i don't actually no i don't i think i think rusty's i don't remember what I think I was playing. Yeah, I think I was playing on the team when, when that came out. Oh. So I need one. Well, might not have been. It says, two, well, 2017 Royals Bobblehead Series Special Edition. I don't know what I was up. Uh, so unless it was one of the first couple of series, yeah, I was up there. Yeah. I mean, you've got so to get one. I need to get one. I know. <laughs> you've got to get <laughs> How's one. How's the hair? The, For I mean, it is, it's amazing. It's like a combination of a real, like a tennis ball, right? When you pull it out of the can. <laughs> yeah. With a little extra growth on it, it's like uh, it's like the first cut of of uh, right off the green. So you come, you, you yeah. combine tennis and golf into one, and that's what you got. And the face, by the way, is dead on. Player, <laughs> uh, we call him we call him player. He he uh, he got a thing when he was a coordinator. He got tired of young guys calling him coach, so we started calling guys player. And uh, so that's that's been his nickname. And man, what a treat! I never, I mean, the most energy and. Just, it's every day and it's, it's, it's genuine to him, but, uh, as, as energetic and, and easygoing and, and happy as that man is all the time, the minute things you get on his bad side and you, uh, you get out of the way, he's got, he's got a, a fuse that people don't know about. That's, that's a little bit scary. Really? He's a snapper. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He'll snap on you. And it's, uh, it's intimidating, but it's, uh, when, when Rusty snaps on you, you know, you messed up. And so you you better fix it quickly. I got I, I kind of dig that. Uh, I've known your uh, your all star catcher Salvi Perez for a long long time. What was it like to have a front row seat to one of the greatest powers? Well, the greatest power season we've ever mm. seen out of a catcher. You know I I've talked about this before with people, and it's hard to it's hard to describe how impressive that actually was. Um, being that. He did it in Kansas City, which is means a, multi, a couple of things. Uh, one, he caught ninety percent of the games, um, which for a catcher nowadays is is, is hard to do. Um, but he did it in Kansas City when it's 
it was 25 degrees in April and 125 degrees in July, June, July, August, even September this year. We had a hot September. He did it every day, wanted to do it every day, and uh, and still put on the offensive numbers that he did in a park that now I've played at every single park now in my career is the hardest park to hit a home run in, in baseball. And he didn't get those cheap home runs. You know, he didn't get to, he didn't get to miss one to left center and have it go out or barrel one, uh, but just kind of slice it to right. That gets caught at the wall. Mm -hmm. When he hit a home run, it had, he had to hit it for it to be, to be a homer. And, um, he still did that, and he still had the greatest offensive slugging catcher performance, you know, of all time. So uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was what I imagine um, Vladdy Senior looked like back in the day, you know, because he was hitting. He uh, he took a Dylan Cease ninety nine mile an hour fastball, like probably this far off the plate, hit it like into the top fountains in right center, and then he'd take one up and in hit it out. He'd take a left-handed slider down on his shoes, golf it out. I mean, it, he was hitting everything. It didn't matter where it was. And pitchers weren't trying to throw to him, and it didn't matter. He was still hammering balls. So it was impressive. And the man works as hard as as you might think he works, yeah. if not harder. So it's he's a great he's a great guy to have, um, you know, leading our team and being behind the plate every game for us. We're very fortunate he's rocking that Royal Blue for a long, a long time. I, uh, I had him on and I had to apologize to him because, um, you know, he broke that record in, in Cleveland, my hometown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the fan ran with the ball. It was the first of a oh, double header. Yeah. He didn't get the ball. Yes. back. So we were not happy about that. No, I wasn't happy about it. I was yeah. and by the way, I took a lot of shit from people who were like, well, Salvi's, you know, got a lot of money. You should pay him for that. You know, that you don't know that guy's rent situation or mortgage situation. I was like, I didn't go to the game so he could go pay his mortgage for the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't they know. were, I mean, they were offering all sorts of stuff minus the, the Bitcoin that Tom Brady offered. They were yeah. offering pretty much everything that, right. that we could, we could have offered, you know, tickets, jerseys, bats, gloves, balls, helmets. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, it was probably $10,000 worth of stuff and, and tickets and everything. And um, it was, it was unfortunate. Uh, the guy, I don't know. Yeah, zone, I guess. Let's yeah. not piss ourselves off here. You mentioned yeah. the, the great fans in Kansas City. Uh, I've had the good fortune of spending a couple of World Series there, All-Star game. And even though I work in both baseball and football, I've never been to Arrowhead Stadium. Mm. You have been able to bang the drum. Yeah. That looks awesome. Yeah. It was. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, for those that don't know, Arrowhead is the loudest stadium in the world. It broke that record a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's been broken since, but I know it broke it a couple of years ago, and uh, it lives up to it. It's it's loud. And they asked me to do it, and I got to, I actually got to be on the field uh, with Salvi. Salvi did it in – I think it was 17. Um, and so I got to go on the field and – I thought that was awesome and never really never thought I'd have the chance to do that. Then they asked me to do it in 19 and uh, I think it was 19 and they, they had moved the drum. The drum used to be on the field and they would you do it on the field, but they moved it to this like platform that they built. And uh, I remember going up there and thinking this is this is cool. And 
then it happened. So like the time's coming up and it's right before kickoff. So the team comes out on the field. I get to watch from up top and people are saying, Hey to me. And you know, it's, it's cool. And the, and, and then the person goes, all right, you're coming up. And so I kind of, they go come, come to the front of the glass and, and start waving your thing when they call your name. And so the, they take the field and the jumbotron goes, and today to beat the drum. And you see the whole stadium go and turn and look towards you. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is cool. <laughs> and so I started waving the thing and, Oh man, it was, I was, I was just, I was so nervous that I was going to mess up the drum beat because there's a lady like doing, doing this, but you hear the, the bang delayed. And so in your head, you want to speed up to get on track, but she's like, no, follow me. And so I was just, I was whacking that thing as hard as I could. And I got, I got, you got to do it for a while. I got pretty tired. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was so cool. And then I got to go watch the game in the hunt suite uh, for the game, which was like a another whole another level yeah. of watching a football game. It was, it was one of the coolest experiences that I that I've got to got to do. When uh, so, what year was that? I think it was nineteen. Okay, yeah, I think it was well, nineteen. Point it could is, have been eighteen, but I think it was nineteen. That's ballsy to wear a Chiefs fifteen jersey and put Merrifield on the back. I'm just saying they gave it to me. They gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, they gave it to me. Like, and then uh, there's well, pretty maybe, good. Maybe that's what maybe that's what pissed off Mahomes because then they did the 15 Royals jersey, uh, either last year or two years ago, and they started selling it everywhere. And I was like, someone. I remember someone first sent it to me on on Twitter, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But then Shields had like rows of them, and it was funny because someone someone else put on social media, um, and of course I got. Of course, I got tagged in it, but it was like a whole section of empty hangers with like one or two Mahomes jerseys and then a whole section of Merrifield jerseys that were full. <laughs> I was like, well, if I see a Kansas City 15 in the stands, I know it's going to be on the back of it. So we, uh, maybe that's what pissed him off. He decided he's going to buy into the Kansas City Royals and re release his own 15 jersey. He's like, I'll show you. <laughs> It all is all making sense now, Chris. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, you can just get him back by buying part of the Chiefs. Yeah, there you go. Um, no problem. You ever have lucky chance, I might have to end for that. You ever have a chance <laughs> to chop it up with the, with your boss, Mr. Mahomes? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've gotten to know him uh, a decent bit over the last couple of years. Great, great dude. God, um, he's awesome, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Super passionate about Kansas City and, and loves baseball. Uh, so he and – he and Travis Kelsey are, are the ones that are uh, around the most. So I've got to know them a good bit. And both of them are, can't say enough good things about them. Well, you know, Kelsey's a Cleveland kid. And he said, uh, I think he played at Progressive Field when he was in high school. He said he hit one out. Now, I, I can't find any <laughs> video know. or anything. I don't doubt it. He's a, he's a huge, he's a, he's a big boy. He is a beast. They're both big boys. He is a beast. Um, we gave Kelsey some shit because he was sitting uh, in the, in the mm -hmm. crown club and he was wearing a, uh indians hat sure you as know, hell what was we, what are we doing in fact i think like uh that might have been one of the days where like kipnis kipnis might have hit the ball one day where yeah where uh it was Gordon a, got hurt it was yeah the, inside the parker yeah he hit it inside the parker and he went over and like dapped him up yeah. afterward that's all right kipnis kipnis hit two inside the parkers i think and gordo was credited credit gordo to both of them one yeah. left field one right field that's great good call don't worry you've done plenty of damage against my team i mean just saying
it's not it's not it's not been easy damage. Cleveland's since I've been up, Cleveland's had some they've had some losses back there in, the, in yeah. that in that rotation. So it's uh no, but I, I do I do enjoy playing Cleveland. I know you do. Every time you come <laughs> up, we're like my kids. You're breaking my kids' hearts. They're like Jesus. How many times does he hit through the order? It feels like four. <laughs> I said, yeah, guys, it does a little bit. All right, so here we are in the middle of winter. You're like, man, I need another hoodie. And you know what? I love John Boy. So why don't we treat it like the old Reese's peanut butter cups, like two great tastes that go great together. Combine those things. Combine your love for John Boy Media needing to stay warm by shopping at the John Boy Media store. In fact, special listeners of the Rose Rotation, use the code word Rose, you get 10% off your entire order. So we're talking about the great hoodies that are out there. You got blankets, you got regular shirts, you got t-shirts. We got everything that is possible. So if you love anything in John Boy Media, go to our John Boy Media store, use the code word Rose, you get 10% off your order. We'll keep you nice and cozy these last few months of winter. You know, you mentioned your athleticism. I'm curious, you're, I think you're three-time stolen base champ. Does that sound right? Yeah, twice, uh, twice American League and uh, once Major League, Major League Baseball, the whole, whole league. We'll, we'll credit that as three times. I'm not here for particulars. Yeah. Does it upset you that, that we don't run as much in this sport as we once did? No, because I might not be three times if, if, if more people ran. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, just slow it down, guys. Uh, the game's just changing. It's changing. And, and uh, I, I, I really enjoy – the first thing about stealing bases, you got to want to steal bases. And I don't think many people want to steal bases anymore. Uh, I think there's a uh, – at the big league level – there's a little, a little too much um, preparation, I guess you could say that goes into it, that people don't want to put in that extra work. They're already prep, preparing to hit. They don't want to take that extra time to figure out how to steal a base if I get on. So that's something that I enjoy doing. Um, I've learned a lot from Rusty on, on different keys and how to, how to, how to find different keys. And now I, I really enjoy digging into that and, you know, if we're facing so-and-so, I'm, I'm like, all right, this guy, he's got to have something. Every, every pitcher's got to have, got to have a tell. And um, it's, it's a fun game for me to try to find that tell. And when I find it, it's, uh, it's go time when I get on the bases. So I've been fortunate to play for a, for an organization that uh, just gives me the green light. Uh, trust me to, to make good decisions and, and run when it's good time to run. And uh, if, and when I get thrown out, it's no big deal. Uh, you know, I get to go again. What, uh, have you ever stolen bases against a guy and then he's become your teammate and you're like, listen, dude, I know that you're going either to first or to home based on this. Have you ever shared information or has that ever worked oh, yeah. the other way around? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple guys that, that I've, uh, come across that, that we've had some good tells on, uh, and when they're on my team, you know, I, I definitely let them know, especially when uh, we got speed guys getting on. And let, that, that's, what, that's what I love about playing second base is, is I, can, I can help with certain things that I can't help when I'm playing the outfield. You know, mm-hmm. uh, guys leading, getting too big a lead off second, and I, I, can, I, can, I can see it in his face that he's trying to get to third. You know, I can relay that message to the pitcher. Hey, mix up your looks. 
And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for stuff like that. But like you said, there's not, not a whole lot of guys that are looking to run anymore. No. When did you know that you were super fast? It's I've always loved watching guys that can just run, you know? Um, I mean, I've, I've always kind of been that little quick guy. Uh, when I, when I was, when I was younger, it took me a long time to grow. I didn't really grow my senior year of high school. I hit four home runs in a small field. Uh, so it took me a while to, to grow, but I've always, my dad always said, you know, have good fundamentals. Your strength will come. And, uh, but when I was like 12, 13 years old playing travel ball for my dad was our coach. I wasn't in a starting starting lineup. I wasn't a starting nine because I just wasn't good enough. So I had to figure out a way to 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 play. And and I was fast. And so I really worked on stealing bases and bunting. I became a really, really good bunter. Um, learned how to hit behind guys, hit and run. And that's really helped me as I've gotten older because that stuff has stuck with me. And um, the speed aspect of it, I was always pretty fast. And then when I realized if I wanted to continue to be an athlete, I needed to become really fast. Mm -hmm. Once I started working at it and saw good progression, like I saw myself getting faster, it became almost like an addiction. Like I got, I want to keep getting faster. I want to keep getting faster. And that's something that I, I never had early on with strength. You know, I, I'd work out and I really didn't feel like I was getting stronger. And so I didn't have that same addiction as I had to speed. I always wanted to get faster. And so, um, took that into college and, um, continued to work. And even to this day, you know, I'm still working out, uh, with some guys that are training for the, for the combine. And, uh, we had some sprint work the other day and they're 21, 22 and I'm be 33 next week. And, you know, still dusting them. That away. <laughs> I got a couple. Yeah. Faster than Terrence Gore. No. That's the fastest human being I've ever seen in person. Maybe, maybe Tyreek Hill, but I've never seen anybody faster than, than Gore. He's it's stupid. Really? He's crazy. He's he's a little guy, and he takes like Usain Bolt type strides, and he's at full speed like that. I swear, he's gonna. I, I'm gonna knock on wood when I say this, but the the man is gonna kill somebody sliding into second base or third base. He is he had, takes the latest slide and just full speed right into the bag. And if somebody has a bad throw and they get their like their their leg in there, they're they're they get get an early tag. I mean, he's gonna kill somebody. And but fastest human being I've ever seen. T Gore. Did we ever put him on like a like a hundred yard dash or something ever just to see how fast he can run? He told 40. he told me back in uh he told me he was a four one four one forty what so I I I never saw it but that's what he that's what he would tell me and I believe it I mean I really believe it it's it's crazy Damn. it's full speed within two steps and it's it's uh it's I've never seen anything that fast so see Gore Dyson I mean Dyson's fast and Dyson will tell you he's not as fast as Gore Zumbaya Mister Zumbaya. What a treat that guy is. One of the best. Mm -hmm. Okay, a couple more. <laughs> right. When you got called up in 2016, you're joining the World Championship Royals. But it was a real interesting dynamic because their core players were pretty much your age. So, a couple of them might have even have been younger than you. Yeah. Was that a strange clubhouse to walk into because of it? or? Um. 
kind of when you when you think about it uh you know because i'm i'm feeling like you know these guys are the veterans and and they are you know they've been in the big leagues more than i have and target zone but then you know we we go out or you know go have dinner and i'm like man you know i'm older than you guys i've seen more life than you guys have you know i, I should be the one that's that's withered and aged and, and can teach you guys things. And I feel like every time I need something, I'm asking you guys for advice. So it's, it's, it, it, it was a little strange if, if you step back and thought about it, but I was very fortunate to, to come up with those guys. Cause they, they were all fantastic. It taught me so much and everyone in their own little way, um, whether it be Haas or Moose or Gordo or uh, Dyson. I mean, Dyson was, was one of the most influential guys, for me in my rookie year he really was and um why is that just he 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 i think understood um more so than than haas and gordo and moose kind of what i had gone through uh dyson was a 50th rounder um took him a little while to get to the big leagues and when he got there you know he really had to earn his playing time and um you know haas and moose and gordo and those guys were were elite talents from the get-go and so you know they were it was inevitable they were going to be in the big leagues and they were going to be big names and do great things so uh i think i think i just kind of connected with dyson a little more uh than those guys and and uh we had some some uh, i guess more authentic genuine talks than um than, than those guys did and so he was he was awesome for me early and i was so happy to have him back last year and just get to celebrate his 10 years uh, last year, which was just an incredible, incredible milestone and fortunate that he was on our team for that. Pretty cool. Did you see Haas's wedding? Did you see the photos of the royal wedding? <laughs> Man, did I? What a treat that was. Were it you was, there? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I was not there. I'm, I would have loved to have been there, but no, I wasn't there. Uh, but I, I, I definitely – I definitely saw and, and talked to some guys that were there and um, good for him. Uh, good for him. He's Casey's great and um, love Haas. So it was, it was, I'm sure it was just, it, it looked like the most incredible wedding I'd ever seen. Well, we know where some of that 140 mil went. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Holy, I seriously, that, that's one of those weddings where I do want to see the final bill. Like I'm just, curious. I would love to. Yeah. Just, just, just curious, you know, I mean, first of all, it, it looked was, like there were a zillion people there. I know. Right? I know. I I, I love the um the custom um ice cream like spoons that they had with the Eric, the EH or whatever. It was uh they did not leave one detail undone. It was I never seen anything like it, and I wasn't even there. All right, I'm gonna play one trivia question with you. And then we're going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. And you can go back to working on your speed and kicking a, the asses of 21, 22 year olds in races. Love it. Uh, there was um, something that came out and they did the popularity by state each, you know, who's the most popular player by each state. So like Shohei's at half of the States in the country, most popular right. player, Bryce Harper's like in Pennsylvania, you happen to be the most popular player in two states don't, don't put that up don't put that up robbie robbie put that th thank you <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to yell at rob which two states is whit merrifield the most popular player so actually funny thing is i i know one of them 
and it's not the one you think I'm going to know, but I don't, I can't remember which one the other one is, but my agent called me about this and one of them is Colorado. Yes. Which was hilarious. And By the, the way, do you have Kansas, any idea why you're the most popular player in Colorado? When I put I something on about? Twitter, I put something on Twitter about this. I was like, the only thing I could think of is, you know, I spent a lot of time in AAA and pretty much every one of our flights was connected in Denver. So I got to meet a lot of people in Denver and my, <laughs> must I must have met a lot more people than I realized. So, uh, I mean, yeah, makes sense, I guess. Um, I think another one's either Kansas or Missouri. I think it's, I think it's Kansas. It is Kansas. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out Colorado and Kansas. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Albert Pujols has still got that Missouri State lockdown. Yeah, as, as he might, he might should. Yeah. It's an interesting, uh, interesting map. Is that really, wait a second. Is that Adalberto Mondesi that is most popular? Oh, yeah. What state is that? Is yeah. that Mississippi or something? Yeah, Mississippi. How the heck yeah, is he the most popular player in Mississippi? Couldn't tell you. That has to be a joke, right? Like somebody somebody did some sort of uh, ballot stuffing on that one. So I, I mean, I, I thought when my agent said that to me, it was it was a joke, and then I did a little research and on the page that posted it, and they seem like a legit page. So I don't know, I don't know where they get their numbers from or who they're who they're polling, but I guess I got a mountain house in Denver whenever I get done playing. <laughs> you won't have to pay for it. No mortgage. Hey, great. Go. All right, let's spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. Got a bunch of topics here. It's very simple. We'll have some fun. We'll get you on your way. Toy Story. Toy Story. Okay. Um, well, your your birthday is, is right here. We just had the holidays. The yeah. best toy you ever received as a kid. Remember what it was? Ooh. The best toy. Hmm. I, I really loved when I was young. Um, I don't remember if this was Nintendo or not, but you remember the the projector, the duck used to go on the wall and mm -hmm. you had the little shotgun? Yes. That, I love that thing. That was oh one God. of my favorite things I ever had, I ever got. I used to sit in the basement and shoot ducks all night. I forget what that was called and I forget if it was Nintendo or not, but man, yeah. that was so much fun. Okay, good one. Good one. All That's right. the one that stuck, stuck with me. That's not bad at all. I, I, yeah. Okay. Good one. I didn't think that that would uh, that would come up in today's conversation. <laughs> Me either. Uh, hey, it was good catching up with you again. By the way, you, are you keeping an eye on the whole lockout thing? Like, how much do you pay attention? Yeah, I'm our I'm our uh, player. Oh, yeah. So I'm oh. on the calls. Yeah. I got Gordo. Gordo turned the reins over to me in 2020. So I've gotten to deal with COVID, and I've gotten to deal with this. So thanks, Dang. Gordo. <laughs> how it's we been, doing? It's been we, fun. Yeah, we going okay? Um, you know, we're talking again. So that's how deals get done is by talking and negotiating. So it's good to be talking again. We had that little six-week hiatus, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. But, um, you know, we, we've got some issues we got we to gotta take care of, and hopefully we can, we can get that done. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm still cautiously optimistic about it, but. We've got some things we got to address, so we'll um, we'll continue to talk and hopefully get something done. Is it a headache for you? Like, do you get a lot of calls from your, your players on the Royals and stuff? Like, are you constantly updating guys, or do you just shoot a 
text or an email and just say, Hey, here's where we sit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm usually talking to, to a number of guys throughout the course of the week, but you know, I'd be the same way if I, if I wasn't involved in the calls, I'd be curious as to what was going on. So um, I understand. And uh, I got no problem relaying the information. So it's, uh, it's not too much of a headache, but at least talking to the, talking to my teammates in the headache, the headache is, is, is being on the calls and, and trying to figure out how we're going to get the deal done. That's, that's yeah. the headache. Yeah. And I say, I, I've said this to glass now and Miguel Rojas and Lucas Giolito, all of whom are co-hosts on this show. And I will say it to you as well. I know you guys got to fight for what you fight for. And I respect the hell out of that. Somebody has to be the grown up in the room and just at one point say, guys, people are going to walk away from our sport. Not me. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. But that kid that's been interested in the last year because Freddie Freeman is became his hero over the last 18 months, he's going to go yep. somewhere else. I just, I hope everybody. You're exactly right. It. You're just, exactly right. Because I don't want it to happen. I love the sport too much. I don't want it to happen. I know. I know. You and me both. We got a short window to play in this, play this sport. We've already lost one season. Yep. Half of a season for due to, to COVID. I don't want to lose anymore. So. Yep. We'll see. I hope I'm Fingers crossed, man. That's all I can say. All right. I have faith. Me too. Uh, it was great catching up with you. Enjoy the rest of your off season, which I hope will be short. Uh, an early happy birthday to you. And I really, Thank really you. appreciate you giving me some time today. It's always fun catching yeah. up with. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. Special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.